Welcome to the show, we're so glad you're here, now let's have some fun. Yeah. Yeah, see, now see, that theme music is the way it should be. Right, <laughs> you're welcome. Yes, our, <laughs> our our experiment in in non-music music was not really successful last episode, so. I don't even know what were, that was, the first episode. What, <laughs> I listened to it, I was like, hmm. Yes, Marcel Marceau sings his greatest hits. Fabulous. <laughs> but um, I, I, I really shouldn't say that because that kind of disses the art of mime because mimes don't necessarily have to not talk. Right. Just just bad mimes do, I guess. <laughs> right. Well, that was the, that was the um, best gag in that movie, the silent movie, was mm. Marcel and Marceau had the only speaking part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and that's true, though. And it was... That my was, one of my teachers in college, one of my theater professors, uh, David Barker. He's actually been a professional mime for like thirty years, hmm. and a lot of it he does, and he does talk through yeah. it, you know, through the act and some parts of it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of it where it's it's all physical based, but hmm. it's. It, I actually he did a show um, as a fundraiser one year, and it was amazing to watch. Like mm-hmm. I'd never actually seen a mime mm-hmm. in person before. Yeah. Only, you know, only in cartoons, you know, where they, as a subject of, of mockery. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it was just fascinating to watch an actual, like a professional mime do it. And yeah. it was entertaining, you know, yeah. it was like, it was yeah. telling good stories and it was little, you know, little character voices here and there and things like it wasn't all silent. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I really enjoyed that. And that's okay. We're done. So the theme music, theme getting back on track. Right. The theme music, though. Yes, you whip that up in a couple of minutes, five minutes before this episode started. I, yeah, I sure did. <laughs> I week. had a guitar. I needed to tune it. Yeah. So. Warmed up, and there, well, that's what came out. For <clears throat> <Yeah. Her> episode, <laughs> tuning up the voice with like clearing the throat. <clears> throat> yeah. <clears throat> For yeah. episode zero 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 two. Two. Yes, we actually made it more than one episode. It's we, amazing. We didn't ditch it after the, it, after it's the true. first one. It is true. Um, yes, welcome, listener. I don't know. I don't know if there's still more than one, or if it's just me listening to this. Well, we're going to talk uh, to this person right now. Yes. Uh, yeah, we'll get there. But, yeah. uh, otherwise, hey, baby, thanks right. for listening. <laughs> How are you doing? Um, yes, welcome again to the Brian Trust, and I am Brian. I too am Brian. Hello. Yes. And we are here to talk about things that are Brian related and talk to Brian's and other Brian's and to each other as Brian's. And uh, I feel like I'm on a rut. <laughs> a, a narcissistic rut. What's going on here? <laughs> Sorry. I had a spot of Brian freeze. I wow. Really, okay. Uh, there was a lot of reach for that joke. I'm sorry. Yes, uh, you did. But on the uh, a little bit later, uh, we're going to have an interview with actor Brian McClure. Yeah, uh, is a is a young a young actor, far younger than I am, unfortunately, mm-hmm. who is just killing it career wise right now. I think uh, he's done very well for himself the last few years, and he actually just left L.A. to move to a smaller market. So we, um, I definitely we got into a discussion about that because yeah. I'm kind of curious what brought that on and um, the differences in working in a smaller, smaller market these days as, you know, as more productions are moving to other places because of tax incentives and things like that, it does right. provide a perspective as to 
us as business owners and what as as actors we need to do mm-hmm. on that on that side of things. Um, but before we do that, Brian, what have you been doing since our last episode? Wow. I know you had another. Yes. I know you had yet another vacation. Yes. You lazy, lazy Thank bastard. You. We took a little <sighs> trip. Yes, we did. Uh, yes, you we, were morning. What was it? The the gardening slash barber shop closing or something? You were mm, no. We uh, went. Uh, so we have very very dear friends of ours that uh, work at Disney World in Orlando, Florida, uh, specifically Hollywood Studios. They are in a band called Mulch Sweat and Cheers. It's a fantastic street performance. Uh, very very talented musicians, and uh, Disney has closed that show. So that is uh, so as of. October, Palmer. yeah, uh, as of uh, October tenth, yeah, last week. Yes, it was. <laughs> uh, yeah, last week. Uh, that show as of is, this recording. That yeah. show is over. Uh, you can catch the clips on YouTube. Just search for Mulch Sweat and Shears. Now, did, are they? Did you get a chance to talk to them? Are they just going somewhere else? Are they just disbanding, or what do they? No. Uh, do they have did, an NDA? <laughs> did he make them sign an NDA? Or? No, no. Like a nothing, non-compete or a no, non-compete or No, nothing like yeah. that. Uh, the uh, somewhat uh, official story is that they are retheming Hollywood Studios, and sure. uh, the the band, the performance, um, isn't quite going to fit, and so they, uh, as part of their retheming. Uh, they, uh, well, I wonder if that's where, that's where all the Marvel and Star Wars stuff is going to go. Well, there's going to be Star Wars land. Know. They're building some other things out. Uh, okay. And so, uh, yeah. So anyway, so well, I know, we, yeah, I know they're putting some of that Disneyland, like they're going to have a Marvel and a Star Wars land yeah. there, but I wasn't sure where they're putting that stuff in Disney world. Right. Cause they have so much space. Right. Uh, well, Disney, you know, they're, um, they move forward and, yeah. and when they, you know, they, it's a story, you know, everything's a story. And what was nice about this? Well, it, you know, there was sadness, of course, it was like, uh, somebody had said it was like going to a wedding and a funeral at the same time, because we were, you know, we were kind of celebrating their 11 year anniversary two days before the show got, it was, you know, was officially sure, closed. Sure. And so uh, Disney's very good about telling stories. And if you follow the story of, of this of this band uh, or, or of this street performance, uh, they are landscapers that have snuck into the park uh, looking for, <laughs> looking for a record deal. And nice. they, uh, nice. they, they have a, um, a, a custom truck that has a mixing board under the hood and uh, a little trailer where the drummer sits and they, they drop down a stage and then they all plug in. And then of course it becomes nice. a street performance and, and the show is completely mobile and it's wonderful. They can go anywhere in the park and perform. And, and that's where they the, get to keep the truck at least or all that. No, probably not. No. <laughs> probably Disney, Disney <laughs> no, property. That, that's yeah. a prop, man. It's probably going. Well. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so, uh, so the story for 11 years has been, you know, they've been sneaking in, they've been looking for, uh, record moguls and producers hoping for a deal. And, uh, and and so uh, and then they perform five to six times a day, sometimes during magic hours, after hours, that sort of thing. And so the show ended very nicely with them getting their record deal. And so that was actually yeah, that was actually okay, pretty cool. cool. So they're they're that's very cool. dear friends of ours. Everyone in the band is a very dear friend of ours. And so we went to celebrate, you know, the accomplishment that they've had. It's eleven. It's an eleven year show. It's it's remarkable. Uh, and then of course we went to you know. <laughs> to, to just to just to be with them and and and, and appreciate and, them and 
you know, it was cool. It was really cool. So that, that and was our opening trip. opening next month at Universal Studios Orlando, potting soil, perspiration, and scissors. <laughs> right. <laughs> looking for a record deal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, yeah. they're looking for a YouTube deal. You know, they want to keep it hip for the kids. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I don't think it's a record deal anymore without getting on American Idol. I mean, right. Another attraction that has uh, been closed, the American Idol experience. You know, if, oh, if, you're, if you're a Disney fan, so thanks for opening that wound. I appreciate that. Darn, that's <laughs> such a painful. That that's such a loss to humanity. I can't even imagine. <laughs> Look, listen. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and listen to you badmouth. <laughs> no, no. What did they, they did they replace it with uh, Kardashian in 3D? Oh, that would be something, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Y'all. Um, yeah. Hey. Oh. So uh, anyway, so we went there. That was kind of cool. But it, it, this is interesting. So there, a, a couple of things happened along the way uh, tied into travel that I, wa- I wanted to share with our listener. Okay. Uh, first of all, a little uh, travel advisory. Your boarding pass, the, the barcode or the scan code on your boarding pass, if in the wrong hands, you can actually pull a lot of information out of there. There's... Um, somebody has a, an application or a website or something. I don't know the details, but you, you can actually scan this thing in and it will huh. tell you, it will give you all kinds of information, who you are, your flight information, your itinerary. Uh, if somebody gets this and uses it for evil, they can actually track you for future travel. Hmm. And so I thought about this. I'm like, well, what's the, what's the, what's the benefit of that? Right. And think about it. If somebody knows where you are, you know, they also know where you're not. They also know where you're not. So think about that. And so what they, uh, what people are recommending is if you this have is a, why I never leave the house again. Well, here's the thing. You don't have to print out your boarding pass. Uh, if you have a smartphone, use that uh, because right. once your travels are over, you can delete that off of your, off of your smartphone or, or Unle- smart unless, device. unless, you, unless you were flying Southwest last week, mm. uh, <laughs> They right. had some, apparently they had some technical issues where that, that would not work for people. Yes. So they had to print out, either print it off ahead of time or print it off when they got, when they came to check in. Yeah. So they had, so they had a boarding pass to get on the plane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, whoops. <laughs> yeah. So the recommendation is if you have to print out a boarding pass, let's say, uh, shred it when you're done. Right. Don't just toss it in the, in the, in the trash. Right. Uh, some other another interesting story that came out of traveling was I don't know if you saw the American Airline uh, story with uh, I did. Did you with see US, that? Yeah. Well, US Air making their last flight this week. Yeah. No, not that one. Different oh, one. That, oh, okay. Totally different oh, one. Different there, there was an incident. Okay. Yeah, it's a it's something that went viral. There was an incident where uh, there was an altercation between a flight attendant and a passenger, and it was a it was a minor altercation um the so it was a it was a female passenger and a male flight attendant so okay so when i use pronouns you'll know who i'm talking about uh and so she uh was apparently uh she was boarding the plane and the flight attendant needed to get past her and she didn't hear him and he had pretty much scolded her to get out of the way and she didn't hear and so uh, and that was that was the altercation. And so she got to her seat and the flight attendant then made his way back over to her and, uh, you know, uh, and, and basically said, I could kick you off the plane if I wanted to, you know, sort of thing, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think he had said that actually in the in the aisle way. 
before she got to her, her seat, if I'm, if I'm remembering this correctly. Anyway, so then he came back over to her and uh, asked her to get up because he was going to kick her off the plane. And and she didn't understand why. And she started crying. And then another flight attendant came over and backed him up. And they basically escorted her off the plane because she didn't want to. De- she just didn't want to deal with it. She was like, he's obviously having a bad day. I don't know what's going on. Um, and I kind of watched um, an interview with her afterwards. And um, she had said that after after he had uh, escorted her off, he then followed her into the gangway, you know, where you kind of walk down into the plane and okay. kind of looked around the corner and got her attention and then snickered like, see, I told you I could kick you off the plane. And so American yeah. Airlines. Yeah. So boo for American Airlines. They This is an ongoing yeah. investigation. Right. And they they're not commenting it. But the video is very of clear. Course. And what's very interesting was, you know, the passengers around knew that something was very wrong, like this was unfair. And the flight attendants got booed on the plane. Uh, it was very interesting. And so it's, it's just, you know what, it's one of those things where uh, he probably was having a bad day, you know, and uh, uh, and took it out on an innocent an innocent person that's what it looks like we don't know we don't know really know what happened beforehand we, we of course this is all one-sided and um and so it's very interesting but you know the uh the flight attendants they don't they don't mess around you know faa and all this stuff if you are if you're trouble they'll they'll do something about it quickly yep so oh yeah no no i mean that's so don't be a pain in the ass <laughs> no <laughs> don't be a pain in the neck on uh I always try to, yeah, it's, it's always weird because I find on the, on the rare times that I actually fly, um, I'm always, I always, I always get to that point where I feel ashamed. Like I need to get a, a, like a seatbelt extender or something because it's like just shy. I'm like, son of a bitch. Uh, I know, right? I can't quite, where it's like two, like another inch and I would have it. Well, they're making those seats smaller, man. I'm telling you. Oh yeah. Every time I get on a plane, I know I'm not, you know. Oh yeah. No, no. It's. I'm like, what is happening here? It's I can't ridiculous. even. And it's like, you know, United Flight is like, well, you get more leg room. I'm like, well, that doesn't help my sides any. Right. <laughs> it doesn't help my hips if I can't get my legs out. You know? Right. Exactly. You're crunched in there. I got to worry about headroom more than leg room, you know, because mm-hmm. I get a couple of those times where I, if I end up on the window seat, I'm like up against the bulkhead. So my head's in an angle and I right. can't quite do much. Otherwise, if I try to lean against the window or whatever, you know, like right. over and like, nope. Yeah, those uh, those seats are um, not made for comfort. That is for sure. That's a larger. That's a larger reason why I don't really don't fly anymore. Like it's just not comfortable mm-hmm. um, for that. I mean, I flew first class once, and even that really wasn't that comfortable. No, like, those seats are no those. Uh, yeah. Well, they're really awesome. Like there, there, there are fewer seats. They're wider seats, but mm-hmm. with all the excess padding they put in them, yeah. to make them super comfortable, yeah, it was just as tight as sitting in a coach class seat. Yeah, yeah, for for my legs at yeah. least. You know, it was. But I will say this: the service was ugh, very nice. Yes. So it was like they were bringing me things before I even thought to ask for them. Yeah, <laughs> it was like that, psychics, weird. Well, we've always joked about you know getting ice cream sundays in first class, and sure enough, we got bumped up to first class. And during one of the flights, they wheeled past ice cream sundays, and I was like, "Nice, what? This is real." <laughs> yeah, hey, what do you know? Okay, yeah, yeah. very cool though. Yeah, so that's good. So you got you, so you had your extra, your little extra ninja vacation. Yeah, that was uh, that came out of left field. You know, we found out about that uh, uh, in mid September, and right. so we immediately were like, "These are our friends, and we love them, and we're going to go celebrate them 
Yeah, well, of I mean, course. And, yeah. and, no, and the I'm show is fantastic. It, it's uh, it's one of those things where it really touched a lot of people. Um, they had a huge following. I mean, the, sure. the, the final performance is on YouTube and, and people were there just filming all kinds of stuff. And it, it was amazing to see how many people came from all over the world to see yeah. their last yeah. performance and, and really send them off with a fantastic fanfare. I mean, it was amazing. It really was. I think, I think one or two of them actually follow us on Twitter now, which I thought was weird. So yeah. <laughs> shout out to at sparkly Nicole. Yay. Um, She's awesome. By the way, so, uh, who runs a, her, her blog is like Disney related. It is sparkly. I didn't take a peek at it. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't read a ton of it, but sparkly I, I took a peek Nicole. at it. Yeah. She, yeah, she so. lives the life. Sparkly Nicole. Yes. Hi, well, Nicole. Hey, good for her. You yeah. Know. Hi. Um, cool. Yeah. Well, no, that's cool though. So that's, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, how, how about my, you? What are you up to? Uh, I, nothing super exciting. I, I mostly worked like I did last time. <laughs> mm. Just working. I did finally, I, I went to go see the Martian. How was that? Um, I didn't go up any day. I waited like a week or two. It was absolutely fantastic. If you like, I, I looked at it. It was like Apollo 13 without all the melodrama. Mm. In a way that like the story is very similar. There's shades of that. And it was, it was actually really, really entertaining. I liked it. Um, I went and saw it in 3d, ah. which is rare. It's only the second movie I've ever seen in 3d. Oh, really? um, what was the first one? Tron legacy. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, if I'm going to pay extra, I want to make sure it's something I really, really, really want to see in yes, 3d. Right. Because truthfully, it really doesn't add that much. The Martian, it was very, the 3D was very kind of atmospheric. Like it wasn't, there weren't things unnecessarily floating at you out of the screen just because they could, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, like when you get a battle scene and like an arrow is like, whoa, you know, come right. flying at you. Like, really right. guys, come on. Yeah. It was very atmospheric, like with, with dust blowing by or sure. things like that just kind of help create the ambiance, but really it's not necessary to enjoy the movie. Right. And I think I tweeted about that too. Like it's fantastic. 3D is optional. Right. I don't think it necessarily, it doesn't add, but it also doesn't take away if you see it in 2D. It just adds more realism um, at that yeah, point. You, d- right? you don't have to have, you don't have to have read the book. Right. Uh, if you do, it actually, all it does is kind of enhance because they're very complementary <laughs> of each other. Yeah. Um, I, I actually, I actually haven't read the book, but my, my brother has. And mm-hmm. we were talking about that because the book itself doesn't have as much character depth to it. As the movie does. And so I think they, I think they lend each other. I mean, obviously there's some plot differences, little stuff though. It's just, um, there's some plot differences and things. And so, but nothing, nothing major. And it's still, both of them are supposedly really, really good. I I do want to read the book now just because, Hmm. but, um, yeah, no, the Martian, if you haven't go see it, haven't gone to see it. If you're one of the five people living in a cave. Uh, if you're a space nerd, if you're a Matt Damon fan, or even if you like, even if you liked Apollo 13, absolutely go see the Martian mm. for sure. Mm-hmm. So mm, great. almost went to go see Bridge of Spies mm. yesterday, the new Spielberg, Tom Hanks movie. Oh, um, but looks, I didn't, I don't know why. That looks I really almost, good. That looks really it good. It does. It does. But it, it, it feels like I was just like, I really have an urge to see this right now. Maybe it's just, yeah, maybe it's just how I was feeling. I may go see it next weekend or something. I think I just yeah. wasn't really in a frame of mind to be like, yeah, I want to go see this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. So no, I, that's most of what I've been doing. I've been, you know, continually scheming for world domination and then never getting anywhere to do it. Uh, yeah. Eh, you know, life gets in the way. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah. 
Such as it does. Sure. Well, I'll tell you what, Brian. Why don't we find out what's going on with other Brian's in the world? Yes. With our segment, Brian's in the news. Only got a couple of stories this week. Nothing super major, but I think there's uh, yeah a couple that'd be really fun. So, uh, Dateline, Michigan. Uh, Governor Rick Snyder has announced a new task force on special education reform. Hmm. The reason this relates is it's being headed up by the lieutenant governor of Michigan, Brian Kelly, ah. who has been a longtime advocate on mental health issues and, in, in fact, he has a daughter with autism. Oh. So, mm. no, I mean, it's a good step forward given, yeah, how, right, no, no. given how Snyder has pooched a lot of other things in Michigan mm. <laughs> in general. Mm-hmm. You know, if you read them, if you follow the news at all. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, this is actually a nice thing. Um mm. To see, hopefully, they can move forward with. Although, you know, if it's a task force, maybe they actually reform things. I don't know, mm. but we'll see. I'm going to take it as a positive. So, I think it's a good thing. Um, we've got out of Georgia, we've got a firefighter, Brian Panowich. Ah. I hope I'm pronouncing his last name correctly. His debut novel, Bull Mountain. Uh, first time, first time author, longtime firefighter, apparently. <laughs> But mm. uh, and it's not it's not about firefighting because um, it's actually it's actually set in the Appalachians in New York, which I thought oh. was interesting. But it's it was optioned by ITV Studios America for a new TV show, mm. and for IT, ITV is a British company uh, in general. They're kind of like the rival to the BBC, the main rival to the BBC. Um, I should say the privately owned rival to the BBC. Mm. <laughs> but um, their American branch has done stuff like The Good Witch. And I think there's another series as well. There's a couple of shows they've done now with some success. So they're, that's, that's a brand that's kind of expanding in the side. So good for him, you know. And this is one I missed. Uh, this, would actually, this actually happened yesterday at the time of this recording. Um, Captain Morgan Rum has a new flavor coming out called oh. Cannon Blast. Oh, I see. And so they were doing a bar crawl in Orlando. Oh. The reason why this relates is they decided to, as a as a publicity stunt, to shoot professional human cannonball Brian Miser out of a cannon from bar to bar. I saw that story. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if there's video. If the there's video of, the of it, we will put a link in the show notes. But holy crap, that's a, that guy that has been shot is, out of a cannon 6,000 times. Wow. And I'm just like, oh, my God. So I thought that was mm. really good. Um, I think it's insane. But <laughs> so, yes, he was doing that to promote Captain Morgan's cannon blast rum. Now, was he I mean, drinking the rum? Drinker. Was he drinking the rum as he was shot out of the cannon? Because that would be kind of uh, cool. What I would you do? No Put idea. it in a sippy cup? How would you keep it from like... I don't know. Maybe he's got one of those camelback backpacks underneath ah, the outfit, right. or oh, I did. Um, yeah. Or they're just giving it to him when he lands safely. You know, right? Here you go. I just have a feeling it's going to end up like Evil Knievel one time. <laughs> it's just going to just land bad and mm-hmm. break every bone in his body. Right after the fifteenth shot. No yes, pun intended. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I can't even imagine that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, um, the fifteenth time he's drunk as they're shooting him out of. The- <laughs> yes. Well, oh, he took a um, weird tumble there. Yeah. And then our uh, and then our sports news this week: uh, the the Houston Texans going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars with their new started with their starting quarterback Brian Hoyer. Ooh. They've been trading off off and on. I think they've had trouble settling on 
on a starting quarterback, which is weird given that it's already like halfway through the season. Mm. Um, I think my dad, I mean, they're heading into what week six, I think. Mm. Or so I'm like, guys just pick somebody and go with it. It should be mm-hmm. Brian. I don't, mm-hmm. I actually don't know if he's any good. Mm. Um, but you know, the more Brian's the better. Where's yes. Erlacher? Thank you. <laughs> Where's Erlacher when you need him? Mm. Um, and I have one more story and this is just something I was combing through the interwebs the other day and I came across something interesting, which is, you know, obviously we are into the 2016 presidential election season. Indeed we are. And I thought it would be interesting to note that there are more candidates than just the ones we've been seeing out there. According to the FEC, and these are people who have filed declarations running for president, there are currently 1,275 people running for president of the United States. Uh. I'm not sure how many of these are real people. In fact, I'm sure some of them are pretty goofy. Mm. Um, There are 13 of them with the name Brian. So there's probably about a dozen that are actually Brian. There's one guy whose name is Mm. O'Brien. That's an odd first name, but okay. Let's count it. Um, the, The list is very interesting to read through because there are some really ridiculous names in there, obviously, such as Dees Nuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, running as an independent in South Carolina, he was actually polling above Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton for a while. Mm-hmm. Does he have a partner? Uh, that, made, that made national news. So, well, he's got a son, D's W Nuts, mm-hmm. and apparently, and who was also running for president. And then there's a third person, Holdman Nuts, I see. who is also running for president. So, mm-hmm. um, Buddy the Elf seems legit. Um, yeah, my um, favorite running as an independent, butt stuff. I see. That's a very weird name. Uh, Reg- apparently, Ronald Reagan's ghost is running as an independent. Oh. Um, yeah, I'd consider I know. That. It's, I'd consider that. That's surprising, given how many Republicans hold him up as like their model of whatever, you know, these days, they hold him up as the model of that, they're, that they're trying to emulate. Right. Well, ooh. Uh, you know, <laughs> well, boo. Well, boo. Um, <laughs> and and of, one, of, one of my favorites, of course, is, ah, ah. Running for the Democratic Party. Wow. Uh, it's literally just all A's. It sounds <laughs> like, like uh, ah, it, whoever was filling out the birth certificate uh, might have put the name down too early. That's not what well, – that was mom screaming. That's true. As, as I giving suspect – yeah, during, during delivery. During delivery. What do you want this president to be? Rocky Balboa. Ah, Interesting. Oh, yeah. oh uh, here's one, of course. Uh, Jack Sparrow mm. running as an independent, naturally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this guy is legitimate. His legal name, I, I wanted to focus on this for a second. His legal name is Jack Sparrow. He, he lives in Oregon and he mm. is actually running for president as an independent. Mm. The reason this is interesting is reading through the documentation, the FEC, of course, has to publicize every document they received for a campaign. Um, they received this letter just this week. This woman who was on the Jack Sparrow presidential campaign apparently tendered her resignation to the, and they actually posted the resignation letter, Oh, which is so good. I'm going to read it in full because it's so it's short, but it's really funny. It is. Um, Mr. Jack Sparrow, I have to tender to you my resignation as your head paralegal slash advocate effective immediately. Our belief systems and platforms are complete and total opposites. And it is for this reason, this resignation is necessary. I have told all the staff that we have currently of my decision and all but one have made it all very clear that they will be coming with me. 
best of luck in all your future endeavors. Wow. She basically is like, I'm leaving and I'm taking all your staff with me. Bye. Except, except for one. you're crazy. <laughs> yes, because you're crazy. I don't know. I, I don't know. If the guy. I mean, obviously, the guy's a long shot, but that, he may just be on the ballot in Oregon. I don't know. Amazing. But I just thought that was so funny to read. And the fact that these documents are all available on the FEC website, mm. and I'll have a link in the show notes for this as well. So you can see this long list of candidates and take a look at some of these. Like, if you really want to learn more about butt stuff, um, don't Google some, it. Just come to the FEC website right. instead. That would be a mistake. Uh, <laughs> don't Google probably, that. <laughs> yeah. Don't be Googling butt stuff, you know, no. or, or lemon or the lemon party. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I mean, most everybody is on here. I mean, obviously the major candidates are all, you know, Ben Carr, Benjamin S. Carson, senior MD. Hmm. Uh, for example, some of people are using their full name. Some of them, I think Jeb Bush just has Jeb, hmm. like Jeb Bush. I'm okay. like, wait, that's not his full name, is it? <laughs> it's not Jeb. It's isn't it like Jebediah or something? I don't remember what what his oh. actual. I think no, I think Jeb is an acronym. I think it's George, or no, I don't remember what his like Jeb is like his initials. Oh, I think is what it is. So they just call him Jeb. Well, to look that um, up. Uh, yeah, I don't remember for sure. Buddy the Cat. Uh, huh. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of weird, just really weird names on here. Yeah, no, um, I saw Dwight Schrute on here as well, huh. running as a communist. Oh, so I'm not sure. What, I'm not that's, sure what to think about that. That doesn't. Uh, that doesn't make sense. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, no, Captain Crunch. You know, huh. um, listed. If you list the candidates alphabetically, he comes right before Ted Cruz. Uh, I see. I don't know. Butt stuff. 2016. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a weird campaign. That is. Oh man, <laughs> we're gonna get right to the. We're gonna get right to the bottom of things <laughs> with our crack squad here. <laughs> we're tired of Washington making an ass out of us. Uh, time to time to plug things up. Uh, you cheeky so, guy. Okay, you. so that's yes. So that is the merciful conclusion to Brian's in the news this episode. Wow. <laughs> That was what a way to end. Yes, butt stuff. Twenty sixteen mm-hmm. yeah. episode two, and already we're in the toilet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's but, just because we're flush with excitement. Whoa. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. But uh, I don't know. Should we roll into the interview? I would love to I hear this interview. Should. It's that been a long fun. time, but yeah. Mm-hmm. This, so the, uh, coming up next is our interview with actor. Writer, actor, producer. Act- I never got the other part Let's of that from him. <laughs> actor, actor, cool guy. Yes, actor and good all around good egg. Yes, uh, Brian McClure. Now, I originally met Brian, and I think I mentioned. I don't remember if I mentioned this during the interview. We both took a class with casting director Bonnie Gillespie, uh, and I'll put a link to her in the show notes as well because she wrote a fantastic book for actors called Self Management for Actors. That's important. Um, it the fourth edition just came out. Uh, last year, I think, or a year before that, but it's jam packed with things. And she's very active in helping actors succeed. And um, he and I, we took one of her last kind of live classes uh, that was like five weeks, you know, and um, along with a few other people, but he Mm. is, uh, he's got a new web series coming out next year. Uh, I think he's got a web series out currently. He just got cast in a lead in a feature film Mm. and some of that. And yeah, so we get to find out where his career is at and where it's going and, 
why the relocation and why would you leave the vortex of the, the cinematic universe? So right. I guess we'll find out. Let's uh, roll into the interview with Brian McClure and we'll be back on the other side. This is the part where we talk to other people. This is the interview. Yeah. Brian, welcome to the Brian Trust. Thanks, Brian. Oh, by the Brian. way, Brian, this is Brian. Brian, this Brian. is Brian. 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 Nice, nice to, to meet, meet you. you guys. Um, it's a pleasure. Yes, this is part of our ongoing journey to discover the world through other guys named Brian. Even if they spell their name wrong, yep. we accept that. Hmm. So. Interesting. We're okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's perfect. It's okay. Yeah, okay. Thank you for your acceptance. <laughs> So for those of our those of our one listener who don't know, um, Brian, you are an actor primarily. Until Correct. recently, you were based in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and yep. that's how you and I met. In Correct. fact, was yep. through uh, through Bonnie Gillespie's workshop. Yep. Um, and in fact, the one thing we all have we all know David Lawrence. Mm-hmm. We do because we are okay. all cli- we like Dave. Brian and I are clients of David's, and mm-hmm. I've worked with them and friends, and nice. so yeah, well, we got that got some. Good point of commonality there. Yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. you know the business as in LA, well. It's a they say it's a yeah. small, small yeah. uh, group. Well, that that'd be interesting because I know when we met, it was like right before you got that your that co-star on Hawaii Five O. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I remember watching that. I remember watching that, and I remember rewinding it a couple times because it was just fun to watch you get body checked into the wall. Oh heck yeah! <laughs> well, fun to get body checked by but, Grace Park too. Yeah, stunt bump. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yeah, indeed. But um, no, but your your career's doing pretty well since then. I gotta say, thank you're you. Not, uh, Appreciate that. Not hurting too bad for that. So it's, uh, and I know I'm really excited. Like half the projects you're doing, I'm really excited to see, but they haven't come out yet. And I'm like, oh my god, oh man, you're telling me. I'm, <laughs> yeah. you know, a lot of my stuff is in post yeah, right now, so it's just like, yeah, uh, I think moving, I think it happens moving. a lot for people. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Now I have to ask mm-hmm. because of this, I'm, I'm really, I, I'm, I'm really curious to ask. Okay, so why, why the move to Atlanta? Yeah, because uh, I mean, for a lot of, I mean, a lot of people, LA is kind of the the film and TV vortex of the universe. And I'm really curious about it because, I mean, you've had a lot of things going on, but yeah. I, I'm really curious if it was for something specific or if it was just a general kind of decision. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, and I think I'm still trying to figure out exactly why I did it. But um, uh, I think for me it was just um, – L.A. is an interesting place in that, um, you know, I've done a, done a lot of independent film work and in some really with some really great projects. And like we just talked about, a lot of them are in post-production right now so a lot of times people will start to get more traction once it's released um Mm -hmm. and so since a lot of those are in post and i only really have um one major television credit on my resume i feel like los angeles is a very challenging place in that if you don't already have television credits people aren't willing to take a look at you uh for more television credits or um, even some representatives are hesitant to meet with you, uh, and so forth. So, sure. um, I do have, uh, some, some representatives in the, uh, Southeast. I've been with them for about four years and they give me a lot of uh, opportunities. They, you know, I, I have a lot of, uh, auditions that I self tape for them that, um, sure. they actually get me more opportunities than my reps in LA have. Um, and I've, you know, I've been with them for a while, so I really was, uh, I just kept a lot of things kept popping up for me. Um, like I kept seeing a lot of signs about Atlanta, lots of things were happening, Atlanta, Atlanta, people were moving to Atlanta. And so like, this was just like a reoccurring thing for me. So I just really 
started looking at what was happening there um, and mm-hmm. just having the reps that I do down here, it was just something where I, I wanted to kind of come down and just really try it out for a while. I mean, it's not ultimately I want to be back in <laughs> okay. Los Angeles, but it was uh, it was just something that was really heavy on my heart and, and my mind. And, and you know, I, I really kind of felt like uh, God was kind of pushing me this way, to be honest. I, I just was like, because so many things were lining up. And as soon as I made that decision, the way yeah. doors just kind of flew open, it was it, it felt like it was exactly what I was supposed to be doing. So very cool. Yeah, isn't it cool oh, when that happens? Mm, you know, yeah, yeah, very cool. You know, like when you're po- like you know it, when you're pulled in a certain direction, or you feel it heavy on your heart, or you you kind of just don't know why things are happening, but all of a sudden you're like, I'm in Atlanta. Yeah, pretty much. This, you know, this this yeah. really isn't my plan, right? So absolutely, yeah. Probably doesn't yeah. hurt that it's it's a lot more affordable to live there too. I would <laughs> yeah, think. Do you find that? Do you find it cheaper? Oh, it definitely yeah. is. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's no question. I mean, I was fortunate to have a uh, relatively inexpensive for Los Angeles place, but um, yeah, I mm-hmm. mean, even even though my place was good in Los Angeles, it's still prices out here better than that even. So yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. All right, cool. I saw gas I sorry, prices I remember, on I remember. the way here <laughs> yeah. for oh, uh, yeah. a dollar. Dollar uh, eighty nine was the cheapest gas price no per way. gallon I seen. Yeah. yeah, it's about it's about two twenty here in Phoenix right now. So mm. I mean, it's it's been dropping a lot. So, um, I it was funny because when you announced it later, I'm just like, oh, that little bastard! Did he get on the Walking Dead? I will kill him so that, bad. That's <laughs> my goal. It's a goal. You know, of mine. I'm pretty sure a lot of people were like, oh, did he? Mm? I'll tell <laughs> you like, this. You didn't really, I remember because your Facebook post was kind of cryptic about it. Like you didn't really say why you're gone. I'm just like, uh, oh, did he did he sign an NDA? What's going on? I don't know. I'm kind of curious. Yeah, because they're just starting to shoot season six, I think, or something. So they're getting hoping. ready to Here's release season six. Yeah, okay, I'm so hoping. I love, hey, I love why not? Show. You know, and um, there's still a I lot of have. a lot of people that could have survived the apocalypse. You never know. Uh, right? Yeah, I'm always curious about that with about Atlanta. It. Like I remember before I moved to LA, um, back in 09, a lot of it, like my brother was living in Albuquerque and he was pushing for me to move there. And I kind of kicked myself for not doing it after Breaking Bad blew up and some of the other stuff that was filming there, but it was kind of on the downward trend already at that point, even then. Mm-hmm. Um, this was in 08 before Breaking Bad had even premiered. And it's kind of, ever since those shows have ended, it's kind of just fizzled out. As far as a lot uh, in New Mexico in terms of in terms of being this like boom town of film and TV production. I mean, stuff still shoots there, but it's not nearly because Lionsgate was supposed to build like a big studio complex mm. there. And they I don't think they ever actually finished it, um, that kind of thing. And then now like Atlanta's kind of come up as the big thing. But even before Albuquerque, it was North Carolina. And mm-hmm. so I'm always curious about that because I've even thought about moving to Atlanta. But then I'm like, nah, eh, they got enough fat white guys down there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But um, but then it's like trying to figure out what is the next Atlanta, what is the next place that's going to explode. You know, it's like yeah. could I get there ahead of the curve? You know, yeah, that sort I mean, of thing. And I think I think that's always kind maybe of that's a little too people, much. Right? Maybe that's a little too much in the head thinking or whatever. But you know, it's uh, the actor mind taffy, as Bonnie likes to call <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting but. too, though. I mean, the uh, in moving out this way, I definitely kind of felt um, kind of a sense of. Uh, the gold rush, uh, the pioneers. Like I, I felt that kind of like yeah. trying to get, you know, uh, get someplace before other people 
like that's that is something that like really came through me as i was like traveling out here with like all my stuff in my car kind of equating it to that kind of that kind of thing so uh, yeah yeah. and i'd certainly yeah and i don't know i mean i still have to think about it probably not till next spring and then of course it'll all be over so (laughs) dang it (laughs) well i just wonder it's like when we hit that peak when do we hit that peak atlanta kind of you know that moment get in there like when is it too late sort of to get that trend, you know, get in there at the, at the last minute or whatever. Mm-hmm. Cause I certainly have family that's close by and you know, that wouldn't hurt either. Uh, but okay. I have to ask, you know, cause every actor's journey is, is different. So how did you decide? I mean, when did, when was it you decided to make acting kind of your, your primary living or your goal? At yeah. Least? Um, I remember the exact point of decision, actually. I don't know if everybody's as, as clear or not, but I remember exactly where I was um, because it's, I never grew up wanting to act. Like I actually wanted to be a professional basketball player. And if you know me, I'm five foot seven at, on a good day. Uh, so uh, I'm still pretty good, but you know, only so, so much you can do. <laughs> Wait, so it's a good day. So you just adjust, you're like your height adjusts based on the weather yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, <Okay. altitude. laughs> it, it depends right. on the role. I'm five foot six and a yeah. half. So if it's, if it asks for five, seven, I'll round up. It says five, six, I'm five. <laughs> I'm five foot six, but I can play anywhere from five, three to five, 10. Yeah. yeah. Kind of, you know, it's an age range. Yeah. It's like age ranges. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah what are they going to, what, they going to pull out the tape measure and measure you? Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> you know, this guy, it apparently works shorter. for Tom Cruise. So, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. As they're doing the screen test. Hey, something's not right here. <laughs> Bust out the apple boxes. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. I've stood um, on them. Before. Okay. But uh, to go to your question, um, I was actually, there's a, a movie. I was, uh, when I first started acting, I was in Omaha, Nebraska. That's where I was when I first started acting. And I was, uh, you know, I did a, a number of extra um, background stuff for a while and just little productions here and there. And I remember being sure. uh, a background uh, on the production called Lovely Still. Uh, it was by a first-time director, Nick Fackler, and he actually wrote it when he was like 17, and he directed it when he was like uh, 20 or 21, I think. But Ellen Burstyn and Martin Landau were two of the leads in it, and it was this beautiful Christmas scene where they had a whole bunch of background, and it was like around this 50-foot-tall Christmas tree. And you know, I remember okay. standing standing like 10 feet away from Martin Landau and Ellen Burstyn um, and like fake snow is falling and like this, just this magical sense. And I was just like, you know, I'd been doing this for a while and taking classes it, and I just remember this intense yeah. feeling of excitement. Like you need to go, you need to figure out, you need to just do this and see what it, what it is, what, what, what this holds for you. And uh, I really felt heavy on my heart at that time to move to Los Angeles. That's like, I, I really felt that then. Now so you went, was, you went like, now did you go, now did you go to college or did you actually just go right out of high school? Into, I did go to college. Yeah. Into this work. Okay. I did. Yeah, I did. Are you, and did you do, did you do acting and stuff in, uh, in high school or college? You know, I never, I didn't, um, I didn't really um, do any theater or anything like that. The only I was, there was um, a news program and uh, at the very end of the news program, there was some sketches by the comedy boys and I was one of the comedy boys. Um, and I never thought of it as acting. I just thought of it as the most amazing credit in school. Like We get credit to just go, 
goof around in front of a camera. Um, so like, that's, I guess like that was my first acting, but to me it was just like the most amazing class. Um, it wasn't acting. It was just like going and having fun. Um, but then like, yeah, the way acting kind of came into my life was just so random. Like I, I was looking for a summer job and I saw something online that said, make money acting. And so I applied ah. and I didn't hear anything. Wow, that so often ends in just a scam. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like I didn't actually hear anything that summer, but the next summer I got. So a, how much a phone porn call. did you do before you realized? That, <laughs> right. Wow. Too much account, too much account. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but it was like, yeah, I didn't hear anything till the next summer. And it was just like phone call out of the blue saying, we want you to come to this commercial audition. And I was actually kind of like, okay, what, what is this? Cause I didn't equate the, thing that I had signed up for before was just kind of like a random phone call. Right. But I went and Mm. I actually booked that first commercial that I auditioned for and it was, you know, fun. Money was good. Always food on set. I was, you know, it was good. So I was like, I want to know more about this. So. Very cool. Very cool. So now, so as, you know, as actors as we do, so you're not yet, obviously you haven't gotten to the point yet where acting is, your income, correct? Is that uh, not that's yet. not your sole nope, income? Unfortunately, <laughs> not yet. No, <laughs> that's all right. Yeah, you know, it's not you know no judgment. It's yeah. not for me either. It's, yeah, yeah. You know, it's not for most of us. I think so. Yeah. It's kind of I'm always curious about it because it's like finding the balance between making the money uh-huh. to pay the bills mm-hmm. so that you can do the stuff you want to do, and then actually having the energy to go do the stuff you want to oh, do. Yeah. That's always the challenge. I feel yeah. like that's what yeah. I feel like drives mm-hmm. so many people back home is they can't find that. Mm-hmm. They can't, they have to give one or the other. It's yeah. either I'm going to do a play in Los Angeles that, you know, that pays you nothing and you can't, <laughs> yeah. can't work. You know, you don't make money right. um, or you work making money and you don't get to do your art. So like that is the thing right. I feel like that causes a lot of people to go home. And I feel like that's oftentimes overlooked when people are moving to Los Angeles. Like, you know, Oh, what are the best acting classes? What are, where are the networking groups? Blah, blah, blah. But it's not like, how can I stay out here? How can I yeah. look at the longevity of this and like know how yeah. to make the mm-hmm. money and still be able to be out here, build those relationships, work on my craft, develop my real and everything yeah. body of work. Yeah. Right. Right. One of the things I learned in acting uh, very early on, I, uh, I do a good amount of voice acting and um, one of my very first classes I learned uh, to get into the biz, you know, to get into the acting business, it really comes down to, who you know, being in the right place at the right time, mm-hmm. being a, a nice person, and luck. Mm-hmm. I always like the yeah. uh, success happens when readiness meets opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well, and a, and a modification of what Brian said, it's it's not just who you know, it's who knows you. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. As well, because, well, and I remember going to, uh, I think it was Showbiz Expo, one of, one of those to, it wasn't Actor Fest; it was the other mm-hmm. one. <laughs> I think it was Showbiz Expo, and there was a thing. They were talking mostly to crew people, but they were talking about how job hunting's kind of like, kind of like dating a little bit, and it's also kind of like auditioning. Mm-hmm. And it really is when this vacancy comes up, whether it's act as a, you know, you need an actor, you need a a crew guy or a director. It's like who do you know that can do the gig? Yeah, and those are the people they go to first. Right. And then if it's not that, who do I know who knows somebody who could do the mm-hmm. gig? Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, and then and then you end up putting something on Craigslist, going, "Hey, who can do this?" <laughs> yeah, you know? no, it's true. Um, so yeah, and it, and that idea of 
like like Bonnie Gillespie, and I'll I'll link all her stuff in the show notes too. But uh, talking about that idea of the web of trust, like who do you know? Who knows somebody? Who knows somebody that can can make that happen yeah. in a way? And I did that once for somebody who she was. I got her tickets to a taping of The Big Bang Theory. Um, which, which most people, most people outside of LA don't know. That's actually kind of a hard get. Those tickets are free, but they always go super fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so I happened to make a few connections through, uh, Hollywood happy hour when it was still operational. Yeah, was, Rest in yeah, peace. Yeah. Oh. Um, but I got her seats for her and her fiance. Oh, wow. Stupidly. I didn't think to get one for myself <laughs> While I was at, I'm like, man, I could have watched it because it was for the season premiere that uh, year. Oh. I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. Oh. I just, I kicked myself after the fact. I'm like, because somebody's like, what, you didn't get one for yourself? I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I felt so bad about it. But I was glad to do that. And it was neat for me to have that example because I'm not used to reaching out like that. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a, it was an inter- interesting exercise to see. Yeah if I could pull that off. Yeah. So it was, um, one thing I have to kind of talking about that web of trust. Um, I found like, I just like I, in my web or network of people or whatever you want to call it. I really just like, I have a, I just love connecting people, you know, whether yeah. like sure. if, things that have no benefit to me whatsoever, but I'm like, Oh my, I have my friend Catherine's Asian and they're looking for an Asian, you know, and just boom, like send it over. And it's like, I don't do it to get something back, but it's oftentimes by sharing and like helping other people that I've found it to come back to me, um, you know, yeah. in, in greater ways. But I, ju- I just get a lot of joy out of actually helping somebody else. But like yeah. Yeah. oftentimes that will yeah. come back to help me in ways too, which uh, yeah, you know, making my web bigger or whatever you want to say. Right. Well, it's a very, it's a very selfless act, right? To, to, to help somebody else or to, or to give up something that might be for you, but better for somebody else, yeah. you know, and, and that comes back around because people remember that that goes back to the whole being nice person, mm-hmm. you know, being, being nice. Um, yeah, that, that's, I mean, that's, that's life. Yeah. That's awesome. And that's, it's so you know, easy for like we need more people like you in <laughs> oh, the world. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. It's just, I mean, it's so easy forward type in the email, you know, like, yeah. It's, like it's, yeah. So yeah. easy and just it can be so much joy. And I'll I, and I'll see that too when I get you know I'll see somebody either on Facebook or Twitter somebody reaches out like do you know so and so and I'll rattle off, I'll try and mm-hmm. rattle off a few names you know think of who yeah. I can think of to do that stuff. So usually they ask me if I can do it. I'm like no, but here's who I know can at least has expertise yeah. in that field uh, to say get in touch with them see if they can mm-hmm. see if they'll meet your needs you right. know and. I'll just say, yeah, just tell them I sent you. That's all I ask. <laughs> you know? I never, sometimes, well, I remember some folks have said, you know, you should write the introduction and say, he's looking for this guy, you know, so-and-so, so that they kind of remember that. But to me, I've, I've never understood that. It's more like, hey, yeah, just go talk to them. Trust me, you'll be <laughs> fine. <laughs> you don't need an introduction from me. You don't need a referral directly from me to that yeah. guy. Um. Or is that vice versa? I never know how referrals work. But <laughs> speaking of referrals, though, I mean, yes, I found as far as like uh, talent, like, I mean, like talent agents and, and, and reps, like that's mm-hmm. actually. Um, I mean, if we're giving tidbits of good information to people, like referrals have yeah. been uh, a way powerful way of approaching representatives for me than yeah, like the cold approach, the letters approach. Although I I have got some reps by an email, but majority of the connections I've got with reps have been through 
uh, positive referrals from people I know, which also goes into the building sure, that web sure. as well. You know, like the network of people that are willing to refer you. Oh, of course. So yeah. Forth. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can do this. I, yeah. And it's, I think so many actors come and they, or, you know, they go to LA and, and that's the thing. I think they're so unprepared. I think there's two things with that. First of all, A, you're going to waste a lot of time and money, you know, spinning your wheels in the mud because you can't get traction. And B, especially nowadays in the age of the internet, you don't necessarily have to leave home right away mm-hmm. when you can build work of your, so you can build that mm-hmm. body of work. You can build the real, you can do those things at a much more affordable price because uh, because it's become because the barrier to entry is so low you can usually find talented people in just about any market mm-hmm. and i think it helps everybody that way because if you can find really talented people and build a quality product that's going to get you i think it's going to get you a lot more traction than you know like you said doing a doing a play in los angeles for no money and um although i did plenty of those and I made a lot yeah, of friends I mean, that not way. To knock the experience uh, or the art of it. Cause like that's, you know, I've gone to some places, sure. some of my talented friends are in and been really inspired, but it's like, you know, if money's tight, it's hard to, to justify doing, spending the time to do a play. And Oh yeah, no, absolutely. And yeah. And so it becomes, well, and that, and that, that comes with that balance of it's not just your money, but your time, mm-hmm. you know, and, and where are you focusing your time and your energy to make that happen because energy as as young as you are young man <laughs> um energy is finite as i'm sure you've learned from time to time <laughs> you know can't quite pull the all-nighters maybe as good as you used to oh, wow and, thanks i like to think i have uh, infinite yeah thanks thanks yeah. dad <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow <laughs> i like to think i still have a lot of energy but sometimes <laughs> it does catch up to me but uh yeah well no and i mean and it's there i find that yeah, it comes at a time, but you know, like unfortunately, time does not run backwards. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, it's kind of, and that's the thing is it, that idea of you, you know, spend it wisely, kind of thing, and uh, invest where you think it's going to have the most impact. Hopefully, and hopefully, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you find? I mean, I'm curious from that perspective for you, Brian. Uh, guess Brian. Brian with a Y. <laughs> Incorrect, Brian. Uh, well, I go to either Brian, really. But how do you, when you find your balance, I guess that idea of having a well-rounded life in a way, which can help you as an actor inform, you know, inform your choices on, you know, on the page. How do you find the time to do that between having to be in class and work and uh, you know, all of these other things that, requ- that require so much time and energy from us? In terms of, I mean, what do you do to relax? What do you do to have fun when you're not working on something? Yeah, that is a good question. Or is that fun for you? Maybe, yeah. I mean, it's where have you have you found that balance? If not, that's okay. I mean, I mean, I think that I'm 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 genuinely curious though. Yeah, I think that balance is probably. I mean, it is obviously going to be different for every individual. What what is their balance? What what feels good for them? Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't. I think that. I think that that balance is always going to be a continual, continual refining and balancing act. You know, you know, sometimes you may have to spend or you may want to spend more time with your family in any given moment or your friends or your girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever, what have you. Um, And then other times, you know, the season may be, I need to spend more time in this work. You know, I booked a a feature film that's going to require intense uh, amount, but you know, um, 
I, I kind of, if I ever can, I try and mix. <laughs> I try to like mix things that are like fun, like, you know, maybe going to a, yeah. a networking, a group with friends or mm-hmm. um, maybe something film related with, with friends. Like if, if ever I can mix my, my passion with my friends, which I mean, it's really easy to do because so many of my friends are in the film industry, you know, going to see a movie with friends or, but I mean, like my church is a great place for me to escape. Um, you know, I try to really plug in there. Um, I've met some good friends there that some are in the industry, some are not. Um, so just that's been a good place for me to kind of do something that's not just film related. Although there are plenty of people that are in the industry as well there, but mm-hmm. it, it, you know, it allows me something else. Sure. Um, that's, and that's, that, that actually brings up an interesting question uh, while I'm thinking about it. Because yeah. there was a whole – because there's that whole thing about the idea of the industry or Hollywood and religion in a way. Um, I know Maya Bialik had mentioned there there was an article a few weeks ago where she was talking about the fact that, you know, it's like people, you know, who are open about their religious belief, whatever, the fact that they're open about religion tends to – sometimes be a negative for them, regardless of whether you are, you know, whether you're Jewish or you're Christian or you're a Scientologist, do Mm -hmm. you find maybe, maybe that's just the media thing, media perception thing. And that idea that, you know, Hollywood is, is secular and almost debauched in a way, kind of, maybe that's taking it to an extreme, but that idea, it's like this liberal debauched thing where, where religion doesn't necessarily have a place. Just from a personal perspective, do you find that your religion informs your actual acting? Do you uh, do you worry? Do you think about that kind of thing? It's like maybe I could do more work here. Do you think about creating that kind of work for yourself? Or yeah, um, that's a that's a really great question. I like that question a lot. Um, I really feel um, for me that moment that I spoke about of being inspired to 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 move to Los Angeles. That moment on set with. Martin Landau and Ellen Burstyn, I believe that that, I really felt that God put that on my heart. And following that, doors opened similarly the way they did in my decision to come to Atlanta, as because it, it, there's a lot of similarities in, in how things progressed, like me feeling that it needed to happen. And through that, and through the things that have happened in, in my course in Los Angeles, I really feel like my connection with God has actually gotten stronger. And I feel like I can't deny that because my whole journey as an actor is because I believe that God brought it into my life. And so for me to deny that is to de- deny what I'm actually doing here. I really feel like I was called to be an actor for a reason. And mm. I feel like I'm not preaching to anybody. Like I'm just talking about my experiences and what I have felt and like, exactly. And yeah. I can't, I just yeah. can't deny that. And, um, you know, and I see it, I see and feel it all the time and in, in various different things. And so to me, I just have to speak the truth. I mean, that's what an actor is supposed to do anyway, is be truthful. And so, I mean, yeah, there's going to be people that are going to be a little weird about it. You know, I have, I've had, cause I do some web and graphic design as well. You know, that's one of my other jobs, you know, to help me uh, between gigs and stuff. And I have had clients tell me that I shouldn't be so open about my Christianity because uh, one of the clients that uh, he was referring to me 
to work with me didn't want to work with me because he saw a post on my Facebook about Christianity. Uh, and, but that's his, that's a hang up that he has that individual that doesn't want to work with me sure. because I'm Christian. Like I have nothing but love for this person I haven't even met, but if he wants to not work with me, that's his own thing. And you know, I can't, I can't control what anybody else is going to think. I can just be me. And, um, you know, and, and that's just something I just, I'm going to carry wherever, you know, as long as I'm truthful to myself or anybody's truthful to themselves, I think that's the best thing they can do. And because the consequences of whatever that is are going to be real. And, um, you know, they don't have to try and hide behind anything. Like, it's just, I'm an open book about things. And, and I, I mean, I want to, like, I want to make everything from Christian films to secular films that are, you know, fun. Like, I, I don't like, you know, you know, like I, I love like Lord of the Rings. I love, you know, like science fiction movies. I love Walking Dead. There's, I don't know if there's a whole sure. lot of Christianity in Walking Dead, but like, um, you know, I mean, <laughs> certainly I, doesn't seem like there's a lot of hope. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, just a parade of human misery. Yeah, I mean, we're storytellers, and like that's what I want to like. The way I approach my acting is like I want to. I want to tell this story that's been given here. I want to be the the vessel for this story, you know, so let it come through me. And, and you know, in your initial question, like sometimes before I act, I'll pray to God, like, let me be the vessel for this story. Use me to tell this story uh, the best way I can. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. I know, I know for me, um, I mean, I, I consider myself, agnostic ish, I think more Mm -hmm. agnostic Mm -hmm. leaning towards secular. I think it's, but I've never, but I mean, I grew up Presbyterian, you know, and I like, I, I appreciate that it works for some people and it wasn't, but I know a lot of people who get benefit out of organized religion. I think, I think part of the, the, the whole reason the discussions kind of happened in the media and part of that's just because of the given political climate and this perceived backlash against Christianity in some way, Mm -hmm. Uh, that some people think that, you know, it's like, well, it's becoming an anti-Christian nation. I'm like, are you living in the same country I am? Because I'm not saying that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, but, you know, and then it's, you know, and then people have, you know, with, with Islam having, pro- after 9-11, you know, there's all, you know, Islam. And I think some of that's kind of in this weird pendulum back and forth. And some of it, you know, we, t- I think the media, part of it is this 24-7 news cycle thing. Everybody has to talk about everything incessantly. And so every stuff gets blown out of proportion. And I think if regardless of religious belief or whatever, and honestly, in the end, if you're just trying not to be a dick to people, I think you have a better shot at actually succeeding at what you want in life. It's that idea that certain philosophies don't... Um, don't that they're less than because they're not your, they're not what you believe, you know? And yeah, I heard a, I, I love quotes. Yeah. I'm a big quote guy. I'm a big quote guy. Like I've noticed I love, that. I saw, I, I noticed quotes. that on your Twitter feed for sure. You yeah. are definitely a quote guy. And I get so inspired and, by, and so is Brian. In fact, because he does that a lot too. Oh, and Brian you. is also nice. a big quote guy. Good, so. good people. Yeah. Thank you. And I didn't mean big quote guy, unquote. I mean, he's most <laughs> of my quotes are my own. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. I know what I know what you meant. We'll talk later. Offline. Oh, <laughs> Go to your room. All right. I'm in my room. What are you nice. uh, okay. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. You were saying with the quotes, please. 
That was you, Brian. You, you with the quotes, Brian. See, yeah. you confuse everybody. We're all qu- we're both quote. You're the only quote non-quote person here. I do quote. Most of my quotes are verbal, though, so <laughs> and come from TV or film. Yes. There was Don't a, judge me. I was gonna, uh, quote. I, I want to say it's Aristotle, but I'm not entirely sure. So, uh, but the quote itself was: um, uh, "It is the mark of a wise mind to entertain a thought without agreeing with it." Something along those lines, like to actually entertain something and not have to agree with it. That sounds pretty Aristotelian. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd have to go look it up, but yeah, that's probably that's probably pretty close to accurate. So, and it's a very true sentiment. I think it's like I said, "Don't be a dick" is Wheaton's laws, as the internet has dubbed it. <laughs> so, Will named after Will Wheaton because that's always been his big philosophy: just don't be a dick. <laughs> you know, it's so simple. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, one of those things yet. In L.A., everybody seems to forget that more often than not. Mm. And- well, there, well, there's two different philosophies that I found with some, with some people. I, I mean, specifically, you know, actors and things. But you know, where some people believe that you you have to be gruff and you have to be, you know, aggressive and in people's face to get what you want, mm-hmm. and and they storm out of rooms and and you know they think that that's passion and that's acceptable and. Other people are just genuinely polite and on time to things and courteous and God, pleasant. One time, you know, one time. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you, you know what yeah, I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. No. Uh, no, no, no. But, but um, I mean, there's so many stories of people not getting the job because they just were like the directors and, and people in the room said as, you know, as they walked out the door, there's no way I'm working with that person. Yeah. They seem like a pain in the neck and they just got here. Yeah, right. you know? Well, and they could. And the truth is from some of the some of the people that I've talked to that run the, you know, casting directors or assistants or people who even if they're just running the camera in the room. Yeah. People, they could still come in and be the nicest person, but they just, they end up throwing off this vibe Yeah, that kind of speaks falsely of them, regardless of what face they're putting forward uh, Yeah, in that way. And so it's like, yeah. eh, something's off about that. That doesn't really, something feels wrong. And maybe, <laughs> I don't know, maybe they're a serial killer. I don't know. <laughs> but it's that idea of, but it's that idea of who do you want to, it's not, it's, yeah, who do you want to work with? But who do you want to spend yeah. 15 hours a day with for the next six months? Or something if it's a feature film or you know, or for years if it's a TV show. So I mean yeah. potentially, I should say, given <laughs> given the way the industry is these days, who knows? But <laughs> but that idea of lo- people that you like to work with. I mean, look at Steven Soderbergh, he works with the same people over and over and over and over again, or uh Chris Nolan, you know, the like these directors they'll always hire the same cast members over and over again because they're A, they're good, and B, you know, they they genuinely all like doing what they do and you know i'm like man if i could just find that one guy you know like luke like luke and owen wilson if i could just find my my wes anderson you know to watch on too it's like oh yeah. Hmm. yeah oh yeah but you've heard it before like you know these folks when, once they find the right cast yeah oh, oh, they become like family yeah. right and then it's and then they're very comfortable and everything just gels and you know, it, you believe that they actually are all, you know, if they're playing a family, that they all are related and they all know each other and they all actually do. We're like watching exactly what we think we're supposed to be watching. Right. You know, we don't we don't consider them acting or like, oh, that's nice that they portrayed it that way. We're like, wow, that was. Yeah. Cool. And, <laughs> well, and especially I mean, if you get on a TV show and you end up spending years together or whatever, it, it, you really do kind of become a surrogate family. And mm-hmm. 
that whole idea that you do end up spending so much time together and you're laughing and joking to kind of ease, you know, whatever pressure is just to get through the day if you're tired or whatever, you know, sometimes, sometimes yeah. people get testy, but that's true in any work environment really. And, um, and I think in the end you do get that kind of that family atmosphere because you're just so, it's such an intimate thing to be all together like that for so long that you can't help but learn everything about each other. I think in a lot of ways. Yeah. 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 So can I, may I, may I ask, I'm curious, what was, have, what was the audition for today in, in New Orleans? Uh, oh, yeah. If you can say sorry. no pressure. Yeah. Uh, I, I probably shouldn't, shouldn't say actually. Okay. Yeah. That narrows it down. I think yeah, I, I have my suspicions because <laughs> there's only, there's only so much stuff that shoots in New Orleans right now. Oh. Like, hmm. So that's okay. Oh, for crying you don't out. have to say it's all right. I, that's totally cool. So yeah, I, I, don't, I just know they were talk, They had some things that said no posting on social media, blah blah blah. So I was like, just to protect myself, I better. Okay then. Yeah. Yep. No. Then no worries. Yep. Thank you. No. Well, NDA, whatever it was, NDAs we hope are it went important. well. That's I. I totally will respect that. So it's the uh, mm-hmm. you know if it. <laughs> well, when it comes out. Yeah. I thought about that. I was like, I was like, if it was a gig that rhymes with talking bread, please let me know. <laughs> no, oh, not in New Orleans. Boy. Are we playing yeah. that game? What does yeah. it rhyme no, with? No, Don't tell us. Just wink if I got it right. Since Syllables. we can't record here, yeah. we're not recording yes. video. Sounds <laughs> like. Uh, <laughs> um, no, it, it's. I can't. Well, let me ask no, you this then, us. from that perspective, mm-hmm. thinking about it, I'm just, you know, you're still, as, as a young actor, you're not, maybe you're just not as jaded as I am yet mm-hmm. about, about it. But the idea of all of these, I think everybody's so, I mean, all of these NDAs and things and all of the secrecy that comes to it. I mean, do you think it's just overly paranoid? Do you, do you think it might be justifiable in this day and age? Or because I, I, I find that things that get leaked, still end up end up being more popular when they actually get released as a result of that, you know, whether it's a controlled leak or not, do you think that coming, and especially being, being of a young generation where you probably more, you spent more time with social media and kind of coming up in the, I mean, you've had more exposure. I, I mean, growing up essentially with the internet, do you think that it's, it just seems a little old school and overly paranoid to be like, oh, you got to sign all this paperwork, and we'll see your ass if you if if word ever, as, even if you're even auditioning for stuff. I mean, do you think it's a little crazy or? Oh, I mean, kind of just put myself in the creator's shoes, like anybody that creates. Um, I totally understand it. I mean, yeah. I I want when it, I want my like I want my creation to be revealed when it's complete and ready to come out, rather than like hints at it, maybe incomplete, people guessing. Well, I mean, the energy around guessing and speculating is fun. That creates an excitement. But I feel like knowing that a young, white, Caucasian male auditioned for said show indicates there's going to be an introduction to this demographic on this show, which sure. then then can start to formulate something. Maybe there's they've been leading up to... Yeah, whatever the dialogue might be or, you know, the progression of the show, maybe they've been leading up to a new character that might be intru- intru- introduced, but then it's kind of given away that, that, that reveal has been given away. So it reveals, you know, the, those are the fun things, right? The, the reveals and stuff that they do in the show. So, I mean, I can understand yeah. it as a, as a creator and, you know, 
Sure, sure. And I, and maybe, yeah, maybe to me, it just like to me, maybe it feels overly paranoid because I, for one, I don't necessarily like, I'm not a guy who hates spoilers mm-hmm. oh, because I'm always curious. I'm always curious. Well, I don't like having the whole plot spoiled. I'm always curious to see, like, if I hear about something, I'm always curious to see how they get there. Because no matter how you envision it, you don't know what it's going to look like coming from their heads mm-hmm. unless you have like tons of on-set photo and video or whatever. But in context, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. wow, that actually was – I see where that fit in. That's actually really cool, you know. Like um, I was I was telling Brian with in our last episode, I, I just watched uh, Mission Impossible, the, the latest one last weekend. And, you know, everybody was talking about the footage of Tom Cruise on the plane and, yeah, it was a fun and things. But what they don't know, the entire scene in context is actually freaking fantastic. And just watching him on there and then you see all the other stunts he does in the movie. And it's like, oh, my God. And that's not – like to me, the plane wasn't even the craziest thing. So it was from a from a production standpoint, yeah, absolutely, it was the craziest thing. But for him to actually do some of the stuff that they actually did, it was just like, oh yeah, that's not even close. And coming as I do from knowing all the behind the scenes and what it takes to make this stuff, it's always more exciting to see the end product. I think um, from that perspective of being a guy who can be jaded yet still have that willing suspension of disbelief. Mm-hmm. In a in a project, even something simple, you know. <laughs> I'm kind of funny, like um, people. Like I, I, I'm not a big. I don't like to hear spoilers, and so like, sure. Even with like Breaking Bad, even though it's like years old, I, I haven't finished it yet. Mm-hmm. People start talking about it. Well, it's me. only been a couple of years, and see, like that, I wouldn't necessarily actively go. Well, you know what happened here. This is going to lead to that. You know, I like I'm not like that. It's not, and I wouldn't jump in on anybody. But if it comes to conversation. I always, I admit, I always look a little askance at people who suddenly just like out of the blue are like, blah, 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 blah. you know, it's like, whoa, dude, settle down. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, <laughs> I'll put my fingers there. I have a funny story. My wife and I, a long time ago, we were standing in line for Titanic. Oh, blah, blah, and blah, 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 blah. Uh, <laughs> no, no, we were, we were, we were kind of bored. We were standing out there. It was like it was so popular. Yeah. You know, you had to stand in line, and I was, I was bored out of my mind, and so uh, I, I was in front of her, and I turned around, and you know, we were kind of talking a little bit and then I, I just blurted out. I'm like, what do you mean the boat sinks? <laughs> why would you tell me that? What the hell? Why are we going to see this now? <laughs> Thanks, it's honey. Funny. Jeez. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. And she was like, you're an idiot. Just stop. Like I went to see Waterworld and the whole world was covered in water. What the hell? Uh, what? You know, I thought I'm, it was an ironic title. I don't know. I've never seen For that five movie. hours. I thought it was like Clerks, but it was a water store. You know, oh, <laughs> it's like it's Waterworld. Oh, my goodness. Nice. Waterworld was actually okay. I think it just suffered some bad press more than anything stop, else. Stop, stop, stop. You're going to lose a lot of our listeners. Oh. <laughs> if you try to defend that movie. Can we actually go into negative numbers at this point? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we're only we're only two episodes in, man. <laughs> well, you never know. Yeah. No. But, okay. Well, actually, like you were talking about um, – about bringing somebody in for a younger demographic. So it's just actually nice because this brings us all around for us to kind of wrap things up in a nice little bow because maybe you can, you can defend yourself a little bit. I don't know. You, your character on, in Space Command, we're going to bring it back around to this. Are you like the Chekhov of Space Command then in that way? Because like Chekhov was brought into Star Trek to get into that like monkeys demographic in the 60s. <laughs> and it could, like they need that young mop top at the helm, and I'm really curious about that. I'm just gonna whatever, yeah. whatever, you, uh, without revealing too much. Obviously, whatever you no, I don't I know if you say, have an NDA or whatever. No, but. I can say um, 
uh, I mean, I got that role through a talent search. And I remember the yeah. talent search itself was actually open to male or female um, for yeah. that role. So it could have gone, you know, in way different direction, obviously. I think that originally he was considering that character to be, I think, uh, a, a lesbian girl. I think that's what he was kind of considering for that role for a while. I think it was lesbian. I know it was either guy or girl, but I think he was kind of considering. I can see why he picked you then. Yeah. I'm kidding. kidding. Uh He's hilarious. This guy. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, he's a barrel. Hey, I voted for him in that talent search. Yeah, thank so, you very you know, much, sir. I think I won by one, so hey, thank you very much. <laughs> I finally made a difference somewhere. Maybe. Brian, don't I don't, don't tell Brian I, I don't know that for a fact, that one vote thing. Okay. Your secret oh. is safe with okay, me. Okay, great. Your mic's still on, dude. Oh, dang it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't think there was anything necessarily, at least that I know of, as far as just trying to bring in young, younger demographic in that way. I don't know if he was thinking yeah. about it that way when he wrote it, yeah. but um, maybe he was. Um, well, I, I, yeah, I imagine yeah. I imagine it wasn't that big. Of, I, I just, you know, I mean that mostly as a joke. I mean, the Chekhov thing uh, about Star Trek is absolutely true. <laughs> but but the idea of that kind of the young and it just it was funny to me when I saw some of the like the trailer and some of the pictures I've been seeing and I was like ah because I know you and like Sarah our our friend Sarah Marafino's yeah. in it as well so awesome. which I thought was fantastic that like created a whole new role for her it was like yes yeah yeah um so yeah I'm really excited to see it can you kind of what can you kind of summarize what the what Space Command is for people? Just because a lot of I think a lot of folks outside of LA aren't aren't aware that this project is going on. Yeah, Space Command. Despite the despite the insane amount of money it raised on Kickstarter. Yeah, thank you. Um, uh, basically, uh, in a short description, it's a, a hopeful vision of the future. That's kind of how we uh, describe it because there's a lot of um, science fiction that's being created that kind of paints a dystopian future. And one of the goals for the creator was to create a universe that has a hopeful vision of what we can become, especially with how science fiction has often determined or created what the futures that we have now um, in some ways. So um, he wanted to create a hopeful vision of the future. So basically uh, the first of the six stories starts about 50 years from present day, and we've just started to colonize mm-hmm. Mars, and um, it basically follows um, a couple different families, uh, three generations deep. It spans 150 years, these stories. So we follow these families as they are first colonizing Mars, but then as they start to colonize the rest of the planets and then out into the outer reaches of space as they develop uh, you know, faster than light speed and the other challenges and things that they encounter as they go out into space. Ooh. And even though it's a hopeful vision of this, of the future, that does not mean that it lacks uh, conflict. Well, sure. People. I mean, there's always oh. going to be challenges with stuff like, yeah. well, that's good. That actually makes me more excited about it because I kind of, the way I had the stuff, the limited things I had read about it. And like, I had this vision, especially with all, everybody that's involved with it on both sides of the camera, this idea was more trying to recapture the, the tone of like the original Star Trek, but with a more fifties kind of retro sci-fi look to it. Yeah. It's completely original, that, yeah. just based on some of the original concept art and stuff. But I mean, it was that idea of 
just trying to recapture the spirit because Star Trek, the original Star Trek was kind of, I think Roddenberry was trying to go for that as well. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I mean, that's, that's fantastic. And I think that's really exciting. Have they actually set a release date yet or are they, they're still working on it? Do you know? Uh, yeah. I, n- there's no uh, official re- release date at this point. Yeah. Okay. Oh, all right. I know. Hopefully, hopefully next year, hopefully next year. Yeah. That's, there's some exciting things really in, cool. in development right now that, um, I think, uh, will really be telling as far as like that, that, that date. So, okay. Very cool. About, about those really things. Cool. Very yeah. cool. Right on. And now, yeah, I know you've got a whole bunch of stuff in production, but you recently just as well to wrap this up, it, it give you a chance to plug anything else you want to plug too. But you just, uh, the, the clinch mountain tracker, this, the Western, is it now, is it actual Western or is it, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cause this is, yeah, you've got like a lead role in this pretty much, don't you? I, I mean, am the Clinch Mountain Tracker. That's, the, that's nice. what I like, to, I like to tell people. It's called the Clinch Mountain Tracker, and I'm the Clinch Mountain Tracker. So that's, Very cool. that's kind well, of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, IMDb's got like a synop- like a, a short log line about the movie as well. And I'll, mm-hmm. I'll link the IMDb page on there and so, you can, so people can see it. But I mean, it, it looks interesting. It was kind of, yeah. when I, especially when I read that, I'm like, Wait, Medal of Honor decorated I'm like Brian? He's way too young for that. <laughs> that seems weird. And then I, then I forgot how old I am. And I'm like, no, no, he's actually, yeah, that could work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you know, well, I, when I read the synopsis, I'm like, wait, is is he the the guy with the kidnap thing, or is he the track? I'm I'm confused who he is at this point because I always think of that that Medal of Honor winner like veteran tracker, like you think of grizzled old. You know, like Tom Berenger and Sniper or whatever. You know, this guy just yeah. like grizzled and just gruff. And um, so I'm kind of now I'm, yeah, that's interesting. So yeah, it was see. a real, like, I'm really excited about that project. The, yeah. the script was a real page turner. Like, uh, as mm-hmm. I was reading, I'm like, wow, this is, this is good. Um, so do I they have, really, do they have like a tentative? When you, do you know when you're going to start working on that or is it? Uh, they've projected either this fall or in the spring. Um, so cool. it really kind of, very things cool. have to fall into place, you know, as they always do. Yeah, well, of course, yeah. Um, but those are... Because it's it's an indie film, so, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. yeah. So. Um, but the way I like the, <laughs> the easiest way to kind of just kind of describe it, it's a, a two-part Western feature, so it's 202 pages. Oh, um, wow. And so it's actually um, basically... Um, I want to make sure that I'm not going to release any points that i shouldn't but oh yeah no 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 the the concept is essentially um uh, a girl goes missing and they hire the best tracker in the region to find her sounds sounds a little like the uh it has shades of just from the like the log line the way it's read it has shades of description of like the uh john wayne the searchers Hmm. um back in the 60s with jeffrey hunter uh great western it was actually really good it was i don't even remember the the entire plot, but they, they were both going to look for this girl out in the way who had been taken like by Indians or something. Cause you know, set in the old West, not, you know, not the modern way, mm-hmm. not, not in that kind of modern vision of the old West. But, uh, it was, it was one of John Wayne's actual better movies. Mm. Um, and so it was kind of, it was interesting in that way, you know, John Wayne being John Wayne, um, <laughs> But there were some good moments in there and, and like the the plot takes some twists you didn't really expect and things like that. So it's kind of, that yeah, it, that makes it more interesting for me actually to see. Thank you. Um, so that's cool. Yeah, no, that's that's really awesome. So 
Uh, yeah. So we're so so that we can get you get you to bed, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> so you can get your get your sleep, because um, that's always important for a growing boy. Indeed. <laughs> but uh, what? Major vegetables. Yes. Do you have anything? Do you have get anything other than? Do you have anything else coming up that you you want to promote or? I mean, any favorite causes or whatever you yeah i mean there's a, just a lot of things in post-production right now so um just waiting for some of those things to take off uh, you know complete uh there was a film i did la- into last year called basement it was a lot of fun that'd be a really gritty um drama uh, when that comes out uh, okay. there's a, a web series i did called dirty cues uh the first season that that's uh we're just looking for a home for that one uh, that's in, mm, in good nice. shape. It just needs to find a home right there. Um, Space Command, you know, when that comes out, very excited. Um, yeah. Yeah, just various various different things like that. And, uh, you know, always uh, just pursuing the next thing. I'm doing a little writing myself, you know, uh, want to. Uh, Ooh, very cool. Um, because a lot of the things I've done are more on the drama side. I want to sh- kind of showcase my comedy a little bit more. So I've been writing a, sure. a comedy. So uh, that's right. That kind of thing. Get back to your high school Absolutely. roots. <laughs> That's right. Very cool. Very cool. So um, if people wanted to find out more about you or communicate with you or stalk you mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Uh, think of that, where can they find you online? Yeah, um, pretty much all the social medias, uh, including LinkedIn, okay. believe it or not. What? People still do that? I, I have yeah. a LinkedIn page. You know? yeah, right. Wow. Right. But yeah. my I use Facebook the most um, – Twitter. So, so you're are you on are you on Bebo all the time? Is that yeah? <laughs> I don't know. I don't Bebo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, see that yeah, you're not on all the social media then. Oh, uh, the main it's, ones. <laughs> Be- Bebo is what Friendster was before MySpace came along. No, I don't know what that means. <laughs> wow. How old are you? <laughs> uh, far too. I read way too much. Have you canceled those accounts yet? Do you still? Uh, you still on uh, MySpace is still around. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, it's like the rebooted MySpace. It's kind of sort it's of. kind of like the JJ Abrams reboot of MySpace. It's right. The, it's less control and a lot more lens flares. So that's true. That's true. Um, yeah. So you're on Twitter, Facebook, yeah, Instagram, um, posting quotes all over the place. Mm-hmm. You want to see a good quote? Come <laughs> check out my my social medias. Yeah. Time. There you go. Right we could put those yeah, links in the yes, show we notes. Can. Huh? Yes, we can. Yes, we can. I've got them all from yeah. your. From your email, so it's okay. Conveniently, awesome. Um, yeah, very cool. See, and look at this. We didn't even bring up the Emmys once. What do you know? <laughs> no. Did any? Did you watch it at all? I, I don't think any of us actually watched the Emmys, so it's okay. Uh, I, I, I suppose I should. You know, I think Bonnie would be disappointed in us because we really should be watching for professional reasons, so we can you know update your show bibles and all that. You know, whatever, whatever all that stuff. Um, sorry, Bonnie, it is important. I know. <laughs> cool. Well, Brian, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. Are you actually in, yes, are you, you actually in New Orleans right now? You're spending the night there. Okay. From not even where we expected you to be originally. <laughs> um, so, oh wait, That's we awesome. had a whole extra hour then with the time difference. Oh man. <laughs> no, <laughs> all right. no, it's still fair. It's good to get some sleep. So, and then, we all have to get some sleep, I'm sure, because some of us have day jobs. Uh, no, that's all right. No, look, I really appreciate you. It's great to great to catch up with you. And um, when um, when Space Command comes back out, we may have to have you back on so we can can talk about definitely. it for sure. So yeah, definitely. Please, all right, awesome. Yeah, you're oh, very welcome, you. sir. Absolutely a pleasure. Great night. Pleasure. 
All right. Take care. Thank you. Bye. See ya. You bet. Bye bye. Our chat is now over. Our guest has departed. Now here's the rest of the show. And we're back. Yeah. Was, I really uh, like talking with that guy. He's a, yeah, he's a, no, he's a really nice, really nice person. It's fascinating to me to hear. And I always like hearing from actors that are more successful than I am that at a younger age, even though I, from, from a jealousy standpoint, I hate them, oh. but I don't hate Brian. I really don't. It's, no. he's a good kid. And there's nothing to hate about that guy. Exactly. No. And everything he does is from a really passionate place. And it was fascinating to me to find out that acting was not originally his focus. Yeah. That he just kind of fell into it. And I'm like, yeah. really, man? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I was, that, w- that was actually really interesting to me. And I think that that's um, to s- see how he's kind of found that passion and yeah. parlayed it into work that's actually, you know, work, things that are working out for him. Right. Which is great. And I'm, I'm really interested to see Space Command. Yeah. I mean, oh God, I am so interested. <laughs> I so want to see that. And not just him. Like I have, I have a couple other friends that are that are on that series. So like, I really want to see it. Yeah. Uh, and I like kind of the the tone that it's setting and and some of that as well. So yeah, yeah. So that'll be good. So Brian, what is one interesting thing that you found that you can share with the listeners since the last episode? It can be you know an app or oh, yeah. a gadget or just random. I just like oh wow, I didn't think about that. something you learned. And- yeah. Uh well I I recently downloaded the new Waze app. I don't know if are you okay. you're not a driver, but you are you familiar with Waze? You know I, what I drive, yeah. <laughs> when not do you often. drive? I've never I heard you license. drive. I have a license and I have driven cars. <laughs> I just don't own a car. I see. All right. Does not mean I can't drive. I and I am my sister uses Waze all the time. I, I absolutely love I yeah. love Waze. I uh, it's interesting when people get in my car and they're not sure, they don't know what that is. They're always like, Oh, I don't want to follow your GPS. I know a better way. And I said, well, you don't understand Wait, this <laughs> is crowdsourced information yeah. where people are feeding. Not only are people manually feeding the system road information, but it is also polling people to see how fast they're going. Uh, and if there's, if there's enough, uh, if there's enough information to warrant a route change, it will get and and it's it's so fascinating. Like Waze has taken me off freeways through side streets, and uh, and you'll actually you can sometimes you can actually look up at the freeway, and you will see a mess, and then yeah. you're on side yeah. streets with no cars, yeah. and you're flying past everything. Anyway, Waze just updated their application, and it is phenomenal. Uh, it was great before this one. Whoa, whoa, uh, very cool. The, yeah, one of the biggest things with Waze is that uh, it, uh, it kind of, if, if it was running in the background, it could kill your battery, right? And so what they did was that it, it, one of the new features uh, is that they have a sleep mode where when you're not when you're not needing navigation, you can leave the app running in the background, but you sleep it, so it's not sending or it's not doing anything. It's just sitting there idle, and that's actually it's actually really cool. But the but the graphic interface, the the voice, the uh, the the um, the input buttons and stuff, they've just, they've redesigned it. So it's just really, really cool. And so I, Waze is amazing, but right uh, yeah, I love Very it. Cool. So Very cool. So that's, that's the thing. I just, uh, that was one of the things I, I use that app all the time and, and no, the that's, is fantastic. 
Love it. It's a good, good pick. Good pick. That's awesome. It, it kind of ties in with my travel theme this episode. Yeah, no, absolutely. And mine, mine ties in back into the podcast. I also have an app. My choice, this, my, my interesting thing this week is Overcast. Yes. Which is a podcast player written by Marco Arment, mm-hmm. who was one of the original guys at Tumblr and um, made uh, the ad blocker. I think we talked about that one last episode. Yes. Yep. A little bit. Uh, he's a programmer. He's got his, his own website at Marco.org, does a whole bunch of podcasting, but he created a podcast player that I now use in lieu of the podcast app from from Apple because right. it's fantastic. Yes. Um. Basically what it is, I had to resubscribe to all, I listened to like 15 or 16 different podcasts. Yeah. So in order to keep up with some of them, it gets a little crazy. And the nice thing about Overcast is it has a feature called Smart Speed. Mm. And what it does is that the software listens to kind of scans ahead for you um, in the podcast and takes out long silences and things. So it actually speeds up the podcast mm. without speeding up the pace of the dialogue and not clipping out words and things like that. And it's really, really good hmm. at doing that. I haven't noticed any distortion or anything when I listen to some of these. And even if I leave it at like one X speed, some of those podcasts get increased to like one and a half times. Oh. And it shows you like on the graph, it'll actually show you how fast it's getting at various times. If you watch it, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. Um, so, cause some of the, some of the ones I listen to that are a little more free form, there's a lot of silence in between what people are saying. Yeah. So it's actually pulling those out. It doesn't take anything away from the content of the show. Yeah. Um, it also has like a full voice, like an EQ volume boost kind of thing that you can set, turn on and off as well. Yeah. And you can set that for each individual podcast, depending on what you prefer. Yeah. And it has the option. You can actually, there's also a slider, so you can actually speed it up if you want as well. Right. Um, the nice thing and the reason why I, I wanted it to be my interesting thing this week is two reasons. First, the new version, he released the new version last week. And previously, some of these features, including the smart speed and things, were behind a paywall. So you ended up having to do an in-app purchase for like five bucks to to pay for the, to the full features of the app, which it's totally worth it. But he, Marco went ahead and made the entire thing free. So with version two, 2.0 or 2.0.1 or whatever version it is now, it is fully feature, it, all the features, everything is completely free. He moved to a patronage model. Oh. So if you wanted to donate a dollar or two per month or things like that. So he's testing that out just to see if that sure. works for him. Sure. Um, and so if people want to do that, they can do that through an in-app purchase, like a subscription almost. Right. And so I thought that was really cool of him to try that after, especially after what happened with Peace, uh, his ad blocking browser and mm. things. It's just something different that um, I like. The, I like the, that he's still experimenting with these things and yeah, yeah, uh, finding things that work for him. So I'm going to give it a little try, a little bit longer. But I think I'll probably even yeah. kick him a few bucks because it's amazing. It's an amazing app and it's yeah. well worth the time. And it has a. I don't know where it's pulling its podcast directory from, hmm. but we're on it. Awesome. Which was creepy. I was just like, I did not expect, I thought I'd have to add the URL for the feed. And I just searched the Brian Trust and we popped right up. I'm like, oh my God. We're famous. So I don't know where it's scraping from because the only other place we're on is iTunes. We're on iTunes now, kids. Hello. Um, But and maybe it's pulling from that. I don't know. Uh, it was it was fascinating to me to see that. And I was like, yeah, I subscribed immediately. Because wow. why wouldn't I? Being <laughs> the ego in me is like, yes, I want to subscribe to myself. 
don't subscribe to yourself too much or you'll go blind. Oh. And don't be creepy. Uh, so, so the, uh, so I, you know, so I subscribed to, I think pretty much everything I had been subscribed to before nice. kind of got my episodes back to where I was caught up and yeah. getting sort of getting organized and things. And the nice thing is on the main menu, it'll actually divide between those podcasts that actually have episodes left to play and those that don't. Right. And those that don't, it moves to the bottom under a separate window. I'm like, yes, finally, I don't have to go hunting through and go, what do I have to play still? What do I have? And you can set up playlists and you can do all sorts of stuff. So it's a great, yeah, Overcast, a fantastic app. Uh, I highly recommend it. If you listen to podcasting or you've been wanting to get into podcasting, pick it up. It's available on iOS devices everywhere in your app store. Buy it, then subscribe to the Brian Trust. Hey, what do you know? That Yay. could be your first app on Overcast. First podcast on, on Overcast is the Brian Trust. Uh, we don't leave a lot of gaps, but sometimes there are a few, and you know that'll make us go faster. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> let's leave totally a gap. not of our. Let's leave a gap just to test it out. <sighs> if you whistle, it's going to know. Oh damn it! Okay, yeah. There you <laughs> go. How'd that work out for you? I don't know. I, I assume it worked perfectly, I see. as everything does on the internet. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> does it? Let me ask you this: Does it download? Can you set it up to download, uh, or is it live streaming? How does it work? Uh, you can do either or. I see. Actually, so you can set it to stream the episodes if you want, or you can set it to download the episodes. Uh-huh. I prefer to download because I'm not necessarily somewhere where I, I have it set so I don't have it accessing cellular data. Mm. Um, so I like, since I do it Wi-Fi only, I prefer to download so I can just listen to them all day long while I'm at right. work or. So that's a preference too, where you can have it set to, uh, either, well, you set that in your iOS device, right? Where you can. Well, no, this is, you can set it in the app itself. Oh, where it's set. You can set it to pull from cellular data or Wi-Fi only. Well, th- well, that setting is, that setting is in on the phone. Yeah, right, right. That's but in I mean. terms of streaming or download, that would actually, that's actually in the app ah. itself. You can. Oh, great. Oh, you yes, can choose right. which way you want to do it. Wonderful. Which way you want to play the episodes? That sure, way. And, sure. Um, which is great, and I hope he's working on. I hope he's working on a version for the Apple TV. Mm. That's kind of the new Apple TV that's coming out. Mm-hmm. Because I will buy the crap out of that thing. Mm, just take uh, my money. <laughs> just take my money now. I can't. I can't. <laughs> just, I. I don't expect it'll be for pay. My guess is it'll probably be like this. It'll sure. be a patronage option um, because the TV OS is an offshoot of iOS itself. Right. Uh, so I, I suspect it'll probably be the same thing. Like he'll make it cause there's not a lot he has to do to get it working on an Apple TV really. Right. Um, especially cause the, cause overcast is airplay capable. So I could stream to my Apple TV from the phone if I wanted mm-hmm. to anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, my old Apple TV, my little, my little rinky dinky obsolete. Oh no, I love it. Is it I the big like one that. or the hockey puck one? What do you, which one do you have? The Apple TV. Oh, Apple uh, TV. The first version was huge. It looked like a Mac mini. Right, it Remember was. That? That's no, not the one hockey, you have. You no, have hockey, I have. have I've only had. I've only had it for like four or five months. So oh, yeah, I see. it's the hockey puck version. And, Got it. Um, I do like it. And then, of course, sure, sure enough, soon after I buy it, they announce a new one. I'm like, no. Well, I'll see what happens uh, when you wait. Well, no, see, that's <laughs> well, that's. I waited for years to get this. Like I, and it's it's the cheapest Apple product I own. Because <laughs> um, I waited till they dropped the price below sixty bucks. I'm like, right. okay, now it's. Now, like a refurb, fifty nine dollars. Like, no, I'll pay the extra ten bucks and get it at the store. Because mm. why? Why I'm not saving ten bucks if I have to pay for shipping. So, so I'll just go physically get it. Mm-hmm. 
And then they announced it. I'm like, oh, so, and then I realized like, well, hey, no, I can have one for my room and one for out there in the big TV. Oh, have the new fancy one with the big TV. So I can right. actually I need a bigger TV now. No. <laughs> so, yes. 32 inches just doesn't seem big enough against that wall. All the things um, and a massive sound system. Well, I think we've wasted enough time uh, with this podcasting thing. I hereby declare us done. Thank no, you. Uh, no, I think uh, I think we'll wrap the episode up for this for this time period. Uh, so thank you, listener, for listening to yes. us babble on and on thank about you. random things. Um, we hope you at least stayed for the interview, much like Playboy without its nudity. Uh, wow. Uh, too, too soon? <laughs> I don't know. A weird undertone in this episode between, <laughs> you, presidential, you between presidential candidate butt stuff and uh, nudity <laughs> and being removed. Getting, from, play, yeah. But Playboy's getting rid of nudity. So Right. Well, the running gag with that is that people actually will be buying the magazine for the articles. For the articles, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so in closing from me, um, vote Katniss Everdeen for president. Mockingjay 2016. That she's also on the list. <laughs> so, um, so <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm sorry, I lost it. Um, <laughs> so, yes, you can you can subscribe to the podcast, and I really, really, this episode notwithstanding, I really sincerely hope you do subscribe to the podcast. Uh, we're available on iTunes and on Overcast and Woo! wherever fine podcasts are distributed slash sold. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can listen to us. If you do subscribe via iTunes, feel free to rate or review us. Um, be kind, <laughs> be honest, be honest, but be kind. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if you see us, uh, buy us breakfast. <laughs> hey, yeah. Uh, <laughs> did somebody say something about a free hot meal? <laughs> <laughs> Zoidberg is also a presidential candidate. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> it's actually just why not Zoidberg? <laughs> I love that. 2016. <laughs> why not Zoidberg? Uh, somebody say something about a free job with a hot meal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have so much fun with these candidates. I just uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So. We should follow them closely. See where they are in the, yeah. in, the in the rankings. So as I was saying, subscribe to the podcast and iTunes and wherever fine podcasts are distributed, et cetera, et cetera. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at The Brian Trust. We now have a Twitter account that's set up. We have a Facebook page that is facebook.com slash The Brian Trust. We've got our website, briantrustpodcast.com, where you can directly subscribe to the feed if you want. Um you can contact us directly. I am at Actor Geek on Twitter. Brian, you are. I'm at, at B Selkie at B Selkie. Yes. Yeah. S E L K E at nothing. Not yeah, Silky. At B Selkie with an E. Yeah. B S E L K E. Yes. Mm-hmm. So please, we're we're open, uh, desirous, even desperate for human communication. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Give well, us some topics. I, you know, if you yes. want to hear something that we want to discuss or. And by all you know. means, if you are a Brian listening to this podcast or you know someone named Brian you think would be a great guest for the podcast, right. let us know. Right. We'll schedule them in here, you know. You don't have to be famous. We just want to talk yeah. to you. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. The whole point of this is to gain experiences from all walks of life yeah. through the venue of people named Brian. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be great. And our next episode, 
will be out in a couple of weeks for certain this time. <laughs> we will make it happen. And stay tuned for next time when we have another really awesome guest. Episode 0003 on the way. That's the next episode. That's this the has next been episode 0002. Mm-hmm. And, for those of you counting. <laughs> and now we will end for our Brian's are fried. Thank you. Thank you.